Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. It's the final day of Content London 2019. And you're joining us live again from the King's Place Conference Centre where the Unscripted Entertainment Forum and Kids Content Futures are in full swing. Appropriately, for the last episode from this year's event, I'm joined by three luminaries operating at the forefront of the podcasting universe. Uh, Tim Hammond is Executive Director of Listen Entertainment. Hello. Kirsty Hunter is Founder and Managing Partner of Story Hunter. Hello. And James Cooper is Co-Creator and Co-Host of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Hi. James, I feel like we need a little bit of a, a round of applause there in the background. <laughs> there was or a scream <laughs> <laughs> that we heard. <laughs> Um, for all of you, but James, yeah, you're, you're undeniably uh, a star of the British podcast universe. So uh, my dad wrote a porno's run to five seasons now since 2015. It's clocked up 200 million downloads. You've done live tours. You're about to embark on some more. An HBO special, there's been talk of a film. You've got fans including Elijah Wood, Daisy Ridley, Thomas Middlemarch and Michael Sheen. For those not familiar with Belinda Blinked and Rocky Flintstone, can you set the stage for us and, and, and tell us about this uh, sure. incredible show? Well, Belinda Blinked is the erotic novel Jamie, my friend's dad, wrote uh, five years ago now. And it's about Belinda Blumenthal, who uh, works in the pots and pans industry and travels the world having uh, sexual liaisons with different clients in an effort to sell pots and pans, essentially. So what happens on the podcast is Jamie reads a chapter of the book each week, and myself and Alice Levine, uh, we're all friends from university, uh, critique it uh, and offer our, our thoughts on the literature, because it's, it's really, really terrible, but, but hilarious as well. And when, when you started um, putting this together, how conscious were you? With the, the I mean, you're trying to build a, a franchise. I mean, what, what were you sort of setting out to, to do? Well, the book kind of fell into our laps first. We all work in kind of media. James is an editor, Alice works in radio. So we all had kind of had skill sets that uh, were appropriate to podcasting. Uh, so the book fell into our laps and then we had talks. We were like, will anyone find this funny? We thought maybe a niche kind of audience would find it funny, which we thought would work well in the podcasting space. The format kind of lent itself to audio. Uh, so we talked a lot, we got some music composed, we thought about our branding, we talked about the format of the show, uh, whether Jamie would host it or one of us, like every, basically talked about how it would work and made sure that when we eventually kind of brought it to market that it was a fully formed, thought out piece basically. And when did you realise that it was starting to, to gain traction and really developing into a, uh, a star um, of that universe I guess? Quite quickly, like around episode three, Elijah Wood, who ended up becoming a guest on the show, tweeted about it, which made us realize, A, people were listening, but not, not only people listening, people were listening in the US, like outside of it, because we thought of it almost as local radio. We hadn't, it hadn't quite occurred to us that podcasting was a global medium. Um, and quite quickly, we were kind of growing in numbers and our audience, and people seemed to be talking about it on social media. So. We, we were really fortunate that quite quickly we got a sense that we were on something, so we thought we should continue. And um, obviously you're here today to talk about not only that, that show, but I guess the crossover as well with TV. Mm. Um, the HBO specials already happened. There's been talk of a, of a movie. I mean, what, what sort of conversations have, have taken place and you know, is there scope to, to do more? Yeah, I mean, we've always 
to be totally honest, TV was never the kind of end goal for us. It's an opportunity that's arisen as we've done it, which has been super exciting. We've always been really careful that however we approach TV with it, it had to feel right and it had to feel like it's own, it had to have its own reason for existing. Because I don't think if you just necessarily transfer a podcast to the screen, it always works. It needs, it needs thought about how it will exist in that space. And that's something we thought about with even the live shows and things like that. Um, but obviously when, when HBO came knocking, we were like, okay, there's something. And they talk, what they wanted to do was an adaptation of our live show that we've been doing on the road. So it felt like a really good fit. And a, it wasn't like a big series. It was just a single one hour comedy special. So it felt like something we could test, see if it worked. And we were really happy with the results. And now we're kind of thinking about how we can format this into a visual medium and how that will work. Uh, but it's a challenge because I don't, like there's been good examples of it and there's been, you know, things that haven't quite worked. Um, so we're just trying to make sure we have something we're happy with that exists except to the podcast and doesn't kind of, the podcast is always the thing for us. The, the, the show in audio is, we, we started there, we felt like it was the best fit for it. So if we move it into television, it has to be the right move. What's the balance of scripted and unscripted and how's that sort of changed as you've gathered momentum? Um, well, I think any idea we thought of for TV still has to keep all the elements of what makes the podcast special and that's uh, the relationship between the three of us, our kind of improvise, authentic reactions to the book and things like that. We've obviously got the text. I, we've talked about whether we kind of script Jamie's story and make it into some sort of scripted comedy we, it's, we haven't ruled it out we're just not convinced that's necessarily the right fit for us because then you kind of lose a lot of the spirit of the show um, but currently as it stands when you do the audio you, the, the, the podcast themselves scripted and unscripted what, what how does that uh, well it's not scripted I mean Jamie reads the book which has been written but everything else is a chat between the three of us that's then heavily heavily edited down <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and um, you used to work with Kirsty. Kirsty, you're a former digital chief from all three medians, Lion TV, Sony Pictures Television, and Fremantle, where I believe you uh, you work together. So uh, you're here to announce the launch of your new company, Story Hunter. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So Story Hunter is one of those new breeds of audio, video production studios. Uh, probably similar in the same sort of space to a Shot Glass or a Little Dot Studio or Barcroft Media. Shot Glass is the company at Fremantle. Yes, where, you, where James works. works yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, thinking about a piece of IP and thinking about the best platform for it from the beginning, but also leaning into those skills we've developed over time, my business partner and I, as Newman, who's the creative director, uh, in terms of engaging audience and building audience. So we have we start with a story or a presenter or an idea or a script. And if this is a podcast, then absolutely we'd also then wrap around it the social campaign, the audience engagement. What does this look like as a merchandising sort of output? What does this look like for live? Uh, and then thinking about you know who would be our best partner in all those spaces. And in, and obviously one of those big wins would be television. And I think in the U.S. we've seen quite a lot of sort of scripted podcast to screen. Um, uh, and even in the unscripted space, in things like My Dad Wrote a Porno or Two Dope Queens, um, obviously here with Brexit Cast. Um, but I think there's a huge amount you can be doing here once you have a good idea and an inbuilt audience, and then how you cycle that around to something like television. What are some of your favourite podcasts that are <laughs> out there? Um, well, I think there's some, some scope to kind of bring 
the skills that sort of, you know, that we have as, as, as content creators, so formatting and different ways of telling stories to podcasts. So, you know, I think something like Gimlet Startup was amazing in terms of, you know, telling a story that we hadn't really seen before in terms of right inside a startup to the point where they're literally taking you know, they're, they're trying to record the meeting where they sign on the dotted line with Spotify. It's, I mean, obviously Spotify's lawyers did not let them do that. Um, but equally, the big C or something like Ear Hustle in terms of being in a prison and hearing about sort of San Quentin from people inside. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. I'm loving uh, Dick Wolf Productions' new podcast, Hunted. So that's basically the writers from Law & Order creating a podcast. Um, and then also I'm slightly obsessed with an Australian women's content network called Mamma Mia. They have 26 podcasts, I think, and they're doing 15 million downloads a month. Um, sort of leaning into the idea that in Australia, commercial radio bosses said women don't want to hear women's voices on radio. They've totally disproved that uh, by creating their own content network, which is audio only. So that's some of the stuff, some of the stuff that's filling my feed at the moment. Tim, uh, formerly managing director of Wise Buddha, Previously commercial director of Gallowgate, director of operations at Target Entertainment, head of production at ITV Studios and commercial director at Group M Entertainment. Um, you've got a new company too. Tell us about Listen Entertainment. Uh, Listen was created by the acquisition of the content production company of Wise Buddha, where I was formerly managing director. Um, it is a pure audio production business. Um, despite my background in television, don't be fooled, this is all about audio and it's about capturing the moment in audio uh, that has been created by the on-demand uh, sector in audio, uh, in podcasting. Um, we, we continue the, the, the base of the business in terms of many hundreds of hours of radio production, um, but the, the, the refocus, the rebrand of the business is where the growth is for us. Um, in, strategically, in the short term, we're incredibly busy uh, on a for hire basis, um, working for the platforms of Spotify and Audible and BBC Sounds, but also with brands, um, with their agencies, uh, and um, with anyone who wants to get content made. And uh, those people who want content are getting broader and broader and broader right now. Conversations are changing all the time. Um, IP is particularly important to us, um, and uh, we aren't ignoring the opportunity. I'm given my background in telly, which has been all about exploitation of IP, less about production, more about exploitation of IP. Even though you run a production company, it's about the IP. Um, for me, strategically, Listen is not ignoring those opportunities to originate IP. Uh, we are. I, I'm kind of very well aware that we are in slight early days, certainly in the UK of uh, how ambitious you can be about exploiting that IP. Um, we are in that game um, and it's going to come and I want to be at the front of it when it happens but I think we need to be slightly realistic about where it's at at the moment. Runaway successes in terms of podcast to, to screen uh, have predominantly come out of the States um, and that will change, we will change that. We're very, very good at what we do here in the UK. Um, in terms of originating IP, and therefore, uh, you know, we're going to play in that game in the in the in the longer term. So, as you're saying, there has been a, a flurry of uh, podcast TV adaptations uh, in recent years, but there does seem to be more of a flurry of TV execs going into the podcasting space. I mean, why why is it 
such an attractive yeah, uh, I, business I, to be in. I'm not sure that that's the case actually. I think the TV sector is incredibly interested in podcasting and so it should be because the, the, you know, the opportunities that audio brings to broadcasters and producers and IP owners and distributors are, are immense and across the board, whether it be finding the next big piece of IP that, that they want to take to screen or whether it be further you know, extending the reach of a brand, an existing TV brand, whether it be in scripted or in entertainment or in fact, and uh, there, you know, the opportunities um, are, are huge. Um, and so clearly the TV sector is going to be interested in that space. Um, we are at, at Listen working on other people's IP at the moment, either expanding their existing pieces of IP or uh, working with them to develop, you know, working with existing TV developers to originate and pilot things in, in audio first. And the, the, the speed and uh, the, the sort of the, the, the ability to get something up relatively quickly and incredibly cheaply in TV development terms um, is of particular interest to TV. It doesn't always work though, as you say, there are some pitfalls and some challenges of taking uh, you know, a, a piece of content and taking it from one medium into another. You referenced uh, Startup earlier on, that was made into a series called Alec Inc. It went for one season, which usually in television means that if it doesn't go to more, perhaps it didn't kind of break through in the way that, um, uh, that was hoped. So what do you think are some of the, the challenges that, that you face here? I think they're different mediums. So you, as James referenced, you have to think about the medium first. So you can't, it's not just a case of lifting a podcast and putting it on screen. Um, I think you then need to find the right specialists in say television to help redevelop or develop alongside the podcast, uh, the television execution. So I think it's all about partnerships. So it's all about how audio first companies can then partner with television companies. I think it's very unlikely you're gonna find well, listen, maybe, you know, uh, different, but you, to find one company who has all that whole skill set. No, I don't think we're any different. I, <laughs> the only thing that I would say is that um, we all understand that there are a million and one bits of content out there. There's a lot of TV development going on, most of which never makes the screen, a lot of which makes the screen but doesn't come back for second series. So let's not beat ourselves up in podcasting when one thing that does translate isn't quite the hit that you might expect it to be. Um, you know, it's, that's just one small example. And you have to throw a lot at the wall to make something stick, we, we get that. Tell us about monetization to the extent that you can. I mean, this, this podcast has, has been a tremendous success, but you're, you're still working uh, at Shot Glass at the same time, so, um, and enjoying doing both things. But, um, you know, what are the challenges that, that the sector faces? Is, is monetization one of those? Um, See, sometimes I find it hard to talk about these things because I feel like we're just in a very unique, unfortunate position with what's happened with porno. I don't know if I can always talk to the broader industry, but I'll just say what I think about it anyway. Um, we were really lucky in the early days, like we didn't, especially with our first season, we didn't, we refused to have any advertising. We were like, because we wanted to build the audience, but we were three media people who knew how to make content and what, you know, how to edit. And we all brought sensibilities. We invested in microphones and things like that. So. We just had this kind of perfect storm of everything kind of coming together at the same time and that that worked for us so it meant there wasn't much investment needed up top um, and then when the podcast did start to bring in money we've been very lucky that you know our audience has built and built and built and grown and now it's, we're in a position where 
we could we can make a career out of our podcast i don't know if that's i think other podcasts face different challenges and i think if someone's got a good idea and they want to execute it they might need to bring in a producer or something so that's immediate costs you've got to factor in and things like that um but i think if you get something that really gets an audience you can quickly start to make enough money to at least like um, wipe your face and then hopefully start to kind of make a bit of money on top of it but as I say sometimes I worry about talking more broadly because I just think we got a bit lucky <laughs> okay well thank you very much I know you're all speaking on a panel shortly on uh, expanding on some of these uh, thoughts so um, much appreciate you making time and joining us today uh, thanks to my guests Tim Kirsty James that's all from Content London 2019. We hope you've enjoyed listening. That's all for this episode, but there'll be more from the event in the coming weeks. And in the meantime, stay up to date with all the latest news from the international TV industry by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thank you for listening. Cheers. <laughs> we'll cut that in. <laughs> Over the screen. <laughs>